Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, guys. Uh, welcome to episode number five. We have Josh, uh, who runs the foil shop in uh, in Long Beach at Seal Beach. Um, and it was an awesome conversation talking about getting into foiling, his background a little bit, um, some different learning techniques, and I don't know, just a bunch of foil stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, definitely, uh, I definitely learned something through this conversation, uh, just all these different foil opinions and the way that the, the sport is going, and it's definitely at the forefront. So cool to talk to somebody that's uh, super involved with that. Yeah, and you got to see what his top three foils are. <laughs> all right, but uh, listen along, and here's uh, Josh. Yeah, thank you, guys. Of course. You just come in from your... Uh, your foil break <laughs> yeah absolutely you gotta do that every day you know yeah yeah it's a weird uh it's a weird thing foiling i feel like you take one day off and you lose so much either yeah. just muscle memory or you get tired or something yeah you know what ends up happening with me is i feel like if i uh i actually have to take a couple days off here and there because my i just get full-blown fatigue you know i feel like we're, we're pumping now. Right. So we're trying to yeah. strengthen our quads and everything. And yeah. after about a month straight of like seven days a week, you're like, all right, I got to at least take two <laughs> days off and let these things heal up. Yeah. You're going, that's mental. Um, yeah. It was funny coming from uh, my like Olympic sailing campaign and working out all the time. And then I was, I finished that and I was like, hell yeah, I can just take a break. Don't have to work out. And I start foiling again. I'm like, wow. I'm going to start eating healthy again and working out. <laughs> yeah. No, gotta be good for the foiling. Yeah. That's total motivation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess the, the big topic is the, the foil shop and kind of, uh, like, I mean, we haven't really talked about this before, but kind of what was your like motivation or, or thoughts behind it? Yeah. You know, I had a, um, I had an experience, you know, when I was trying to get into foiling, that was so frustrating. It wasn't just, I guess it wasn't just one experience, but I was looking high and low trying to figure out, you know, how do I get into this sport? You know, what do I do? And I don't know about you guys, but there's just a lot of different brands. There's a lot of gear out there and it's highly technical. And so talking about mass lengths and fuse lengths and, you know, uh, wingspans and, you know, projected area versus actual, you know, surface area of the wing. Like there was just too much. I, I had no idea what, what to, what to do, where to go. And so I hit up a couple of buddies like, Hey, where, how do I get involved? You know, it's funny Quinn that works here at the shop. I actually saw him unloading foils out of his forerunner one day. I didn't even know him. And I like pulled up next to him on my e-bike and I'm like, Hey, how do I get started foiling? And he's like, he, he tells me, okay, there's this guy and he goes to the Seal Beach River and he has a white van and you should talk to that guy or, you know, give him a call and, you know, here's his number and he's a rep. Um, but then, you know, it's like, sorry, everything's out of stock. You're going to, you're going to give some stranger your credit card and maybe you get a foil in the mail three months from now that may or may not be the foil that you're actually looking for. 
right? And so I wanted to just go into a shop and have somebody size me up. So my brother lives on Maui and I made an appointment. I actually, I actually saw Kai Lenny riding a, a KT board, right? It says KT on the side of Kai Lenny's board. So I was like, well, he's on a foil board. Apparently this KT company makes a foil board. So I reached out to them and I got to sit down when I was in Maui. I got to, the chance to sit down with Keith Taboul uh, that shapes, for, you know, it's KT. And he was just telling me, man, I, I can't make these things fast enough. You know, what, the sport is blowing up. And I was like, man, if somebody started a shop and could actually help people get into the sport, could actually set them up, could say, hey, you're this type of short border or long border, uh, regular surfing. This is the type of setup or board that might actually work well for you. You might enjoy it and help help people get into the sport. I felt like that could be a gold mine. So, yeah, I mean, that is a, that's a, an, an epic idea. I feel like coming from like, like when you look at the surfing world, like there's so many like stores and like access to like custom boards and custom designs and like you can kind of get shaped like exactly what you want exactly your body and stuff and then you kind of go like to the kiteboarding world I feel like there's such a lack of that and then like now foiling I feel like there's such an opportunity um to like have a shop for like the newer sports you know so definitely yeah. uh, you did the right timing <laughs> I hope so <laughs> yeah <laughs> are you so you're definitely the first foil shop in California um, are there foil shops in Hawaii now, or you, you know, the first one, <laughs> somebody told me that like, you can always be the first one if you narrow it down a lot. Right. right. So somebody told me that I, they think we collectively think that I'm the first foil specific foil only shop, uh, in the world. Like doesn't, I don't sell surfboards. I don't sell anything else. And um, so I think I think I may, in fact, be the first uh, shop that's solely 100% dedicated to just foiling, and even more specialized prone foil, prone and sup and and wing foil. Like this is kind of like foiling in the surf is kind of our initial focus. And right. of course, we want to serve everybody doing the wake stuff and the boat stuff and kite stuff. But that's a, that's our that's our niche, right? Right. And how um, successful have you been uh, with your less than a year, right? Like, couple yeah, of I actually <laughs> started foiling. Uh, I bought my first foil from KT. I bought an MFC Hydras from him in um, March of this year, the middle of March. And so, yep, came home and it was like March 15th and there were like one foot waves and I just started on my my journey so and you're hooked i know that's how i was like i think i i've been foiling or surf foiling uh for about a year and i've touched my surfboard <laughs> maybe a handful of times um it's it's a pretty uh crazy addiction <laughs> yeah but um yeah i think the other the other cool thing is like the community around it and you said like i mean you got into it by just meeting quinn randomly i got into it by like meeting Matt coast randomly. I, I pulled up, we, I have a white Tacoma and I remember the the first time that, um, he parked illegally at Hobson's and I pulled uh -huh. up to him and he did like completely ignore me because I thought he thought I was the, a ranger coming to get him. <laughs> oh wow! But I just, I just saw a foil and I was like, Oh, there's somebody that foils. Like, let me go ask this guy. He might know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Um, but yeah, yeah no, the community, the community is definitely epic and foiling. I feel like it's kind of 
uh, hard to tell like where everything's going, like the technology is changing so much and stuff. Like, do you have, do you kind of think that the prone surf foiling is like the, the future or the stand up paddle or um, downwinding, or is it kind of all just combined all moving along together? Yeah, I feel like, sorry, let me adjust this here. No, you're good. I feel like everybody is, you know, once you start foiling, it means you're open to trying new things. No closed-minded surfer is going to be, you know, so once you start, it's like, okay, now I surf foil. The next step for me is wing foiling. You know, if you start to do a prone downwinder, you can only take it so far or you only want to paddle in two miles at a time so many times before you start sup downwinding, right? And so you got to get the sup board and the sup setup. And then there's toe foiling. And I think, I think really foiling is allowing guys like myself to cross over into disciplines of wave riding that I would have never experienced. I mean, the idea of a handheld wing, it allows me to be introduced into the world of wind sports. And I had never had any interest in kiting, but you know, here we are crossing over into this wind arena as well. I think we all just want to be on foil longer and on a wave longer. And so we'll, we'll do whatever it takes to make it happen. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Going back to the kind of like the learning thing, like what are your kind of top tips uh, or gear to use to get into uh, proning? So I'm totally backwards. Most guys, they're going to, they're going to write hate, hateful comments, I think on, on my, <laughs> my, my statements here, but I have been finding a lot of success giving uh, students uh, that are taking lessons from us larger high aspect wings with really big fuses and tails. And so it's, there's something about, because the roll from side to side, um, or you could say rail to rail is so different than a surfboard, you can't recover that way. Stabilizing that roll motion or slowing it down with a long wingspan of a high aspect has been um, pretty helpful for people to get feet and feel like they can just go straight and, and get up on, um, on foil. The other thing I like about high aspect is that it allows you to change pitch quicker. So most of uh, the people I am teaching or watching learn, they don't have an they don't have a problem knowing that they need to push the nose down to like not breach, but on a big surf foil with a ton of lift, even though they know they need to push the nose down, it just, it, it takes too long to react and to, to, to stabilize that thing. So yeah, it's more stable, but I actually don't know why you would a ton of lift under maybe like 150, 160 pound guy. And they're like, give them a 2,500 centimeter, you know, surf foil made it you know made in the 90s or no i don't know but they give them the big old thing and that's going to be easier and i just think that um i think the high aspect has been been helpful for guys yeah i think um yeah that sounds i feel like our strategy is always uh when we're like telling people how to learn we're uh we never think about the wing or the foil we're just like uh <laughs> like go behind a boat or something but it's good uh, you're a lot more technical about it but yeah do you think um do you think, I kind of always get this question. I feel like whenever we were just joking, we just came back from a session at, at Hobson's and we were joking about like how many people come, in, come up to you like in the parking lot and like talk to you about like if there's a motor on your foil or something like that. Oh. But um, do you think there's like a, 
do you think there's any people that are going to get into foiling that don't know how to surf? Do you think that's possible or is it kind of like all transferring over from surfers? No, I've got a guy um, named Dan actually. And he was one of my first students and he's coming in with no prone surfing experience whatsoever. He kind of does some, uh, he uses a surf ski, you know, those kind of like, it's kind of like a kayak outrigger without yeah, an yeah. outrigger type thing. So he understands the ocean, but he's, um, he has no surfboard experience whatsoever. And he's actually, um, after a few lessons was able to land himself a really good deal on a prone board, um, that he found on Craigslist, but he got a good deal and then, uh, got, is getting a foil from us too. And so he's just off, off and running and he's, yeah. he's up, he's one of the main guys that we tested our theory of the high aspect, um, hmm. playing with. I think he only did three or four lessons with us and he was getting to his feet and get up, getting up on foil and riding. Dang. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. I feel like you always get the question, like how long does it take to learn and stuff? And, and you, you always have to like ask people like, well, do you know how to surf or do you know how to like kite foil? Yeah. It's like, well, do you know how to normal kite board before you kite foil? And like, I feel like well, it's always like the, the last stage, but it would be cool if it wasn't, you know? Well, what's crazy is, you know, we have to retrain our eyeballs to look at the waves at, from a foiling perspective. But these guys that have never uh surfed before they're not looking to take off at the peak or on the shoulder they're not trying to do a clean water takeoff you try to teach a, a seasoned surfer and they don't want to take whitewash they think that's like right. beneath them but you teach a beginner like yeah just go into one foot whitewash and and chip in you know right on your belly like they're they're just so much more receptive and they're not having to break bad habits hmm, that's pretty interesting so maybe uh stop surfing for a while and then try foiling. <laughs> Yeah. Right. No, I don't know. I, I think, I think, um, I do know that everybody's telling me, Hey, you know, your, your foiling enhances your surfing, your surfing enhances your foiling. But I'm like you, Dane, I, I, I ditched my surfboards and I, I need to get back on them. All I don't know. Are... I, I went and surfed uh, for the first time out in the, out on the islands. And it took me like 15 waves to do a decent, a halfway decent cutback. And I was like, Oh my God, foiling has ruined me. Um, and I was like, you know, I'll learn this later going back to Florida. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the, uh, the surfing definitely helps. We, uh, a few years ago, we took Lakey Peterson out on our little rib and cause the cloud nine guys like hooked her up with the foil and mm -hmm. she, she picked it up in like third, like a, a, I don't know, a minute, two minutes, like instantly. So it's like, <laughs> obviously the surfing has some, some effect on how good you can foil. Well, <laughs> and when people are just that coordinated on their feet you know, we're talking world champion, you know, world, world-class, yeah. you know, athletes. I, I think they're always, they're always, uh, my friend Jeff says they're not human. So we can't, we can't use them as a. <laughs> yeah. It's unfair sometimes. Yeah. That's like <laughs> you get why they're, they're at the top of their sport, I guess. <laughs> right. There's a reason. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. But I guess uh, moving on to, I wanted to ask this question because you guys get to ride pretty much everything, but could you rank your top your top foils for surfing. Wow. That's a <laughs> up one. You know, um, this podcast is not sponsored by anybody. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> right. so I want to, I want to state before I answer this, cause I'll be honest with you with my opinion, but I want to say that I think every manufacturer has um, a writer that they fit or that cater to. So guys that really like lift 
are not going to enjoy riding, you know, Takuma. That's right off and the, the I think There's the wave the wave uh, selection matters a lot. Mm-hmm. Or where Absolutely. where the foil was designed. Yeah, the guys in Hawaii are all riding, you know, surf foils, you know, surf wings, and they can still pump back out, but they're there's so much power right off the get-go in those waves that they're they're choosing different foils, they're choosing different um, wings, and I, I think like like I see Cloud Nine doing really well over on Oahu, and um, they're not even super popular, but I see that the guys that are riding them just love them, right? Yeah. And and that I think that wave just loves that foil or the foil for the wave, vice versa. It's um, it's it's interesting. So I had a guy that rides Axis a ton um jump on a lift foil for the first time today and hated it right so yeah i was i was in the i'm in the the chat and i just i was dying laughing reading <laughs> yeah it was pretty it was pretty fun being in the water too he was, he was pretty unhappy with his session <laughs> however um i find that takuma is getting a really good response every time um somebody leaves with a takuma i'm always like nervous like did i just tell them what i think they should have you know but um, I'm getting really good responses from that. The 1210, the 980, um, and then now the 750 is, is doing really well. Everybody that puts it under their feet, it, even if they have to transition from another manufacturer, um, they end up really liking it. Um, but you have to modify that foil a little bit to suit your tastes, right? Mm. I think lift is strong. Uh, because you can enter the lift ecosystem and you don't have to leave because they have a wing for everything. And as long as you can ride lift, you're good, but lift is not the most user-friendly foil. And certainly like under my feet, my preference, I, I tend to not prefer lift um, because I'm a very front foot heavy uh, surfer and they're kind of a back foot um, foil, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and then I'm, I'm really enjoying uh, the Ono foil, uh, right now they are bulletproof. They're super strong. The mast is nice and thick. There's no flex. Um, and they're fast, but they're also very maneuverable. So I I'm, I'm really liking the, the Ono foils right now, but yeah, with that, I would say a crazy, uh, brand that has surprised me that maybe many people would never try is, uh, NSP. They have, they have heavier foils. Um, their fuse and mast is a little heavier, but uh, we, we had the rep come out and put us on some high aspects and some surfy, surfier wings. And they're pretty good. They have F, F4 actually designs all their stuff. And then um, I would say like for the boat crowd, guys that, that actually have an external power source, those NSP foils are great. They're nice. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to my new NSP board, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Things going great. Yeah, that's uh it's um some good points about the uh just the rider and the style too. I feel like every sport you kind of like everyone looks at the best guy and they're like, "Oh, what gear is he on?" Like I, everyone must that must be like the only foil you can ride. Everyone's like, "Oh, what what foil does Kyleni have?" But yeah, you you probably throw you throw a good foiler on on anything and they'll probably uh make it look pretty good. So that's a that's a good point. You know, I have a, do you guys golf at all? No. Well, for any golfers, I, I had a, a golf coach for a while and I was asking him about, you know, stack and tilt method versus, you know, these other things and putting, putting stroke. And he would tell me every time he would teach a new skill, he'd say, Hey, look, I'm not going to point you 
to what one guy is doing on tour. He's like, I'm going to take an aggregate collective of like everybody that's good. And what do they all have in common? And that's what I'm going to teach you to do is, is those, those things that are proven to work. And I think that, you know, everybody's making decent foils. You know, the stuff that's coming off the line, it's not garbage. It just might not be as good as the next new one. And I'm, I'm noticing a lot of fads in, uh, in foiling, you know, it's, it's this brand this month and this one, another one, another month. And that's part of the fun. Yeah, no, that's awesome. It's pretty interesting. We, Quinn and I both came from uh, kite foil racing and it's pretty similar. The trends that happen where, um, definitely like just the top guys are fast and there's nothing you can do about it. And like, I would switch foils and ride the fastest guys foil and they'd still beat me. And I'm like, <laughs> wait a second. It's not actually the foil that I'm complaining about. Um, but the other thing that's interesting was like, uh, I remember the, the Mike slab, uh, bullet four came out and all the top guys started riding it. And so every single person behind was just like, Oh, that's the best foil. And as soon as those top guys switch back to like the bullet three or the, the newer versions, like everyone kind of realized that the four was actually not, it was like super twitchy and weird. Um, so I'm sure there's going to be a lot of that stuff going on <laughs> in yeah. the foil community. If you have one top guy, just be like, Oh, this is what you should ride. Everyone rides it. And then you, a couple months later, you kind of realize it's the wrong thing. <laughs> I feel like, um, that could potentially be the case with that lift 120, right? It's a great foil. It's just not for everybody, mm -hmm. right? So you got everybody goes out and gets it, and and 80% of the guys do really well on it, but 20% of the guys, it's just not the foil for them. You know, so I, I think that's a that's a good example of that. Yeah, I bet I bet you kind of experienced that a lot about like people being like, tell me exactly the perfect setup, but you know, you probably have to take a little bit of responsibility and it's like try some try some things and like figure out what what works for you right yeah and this is not a marketing tactic here but um that's that's kind of why we developed the policy of like you know you can try it before you buy it or it's just no obligation if you buy a foil and you take it out and you get that gut feeling that buyer's remorse bring it back you know like we should we should not be taking two thousand dollar gambles on whether or not we're going to like this new piece of gear and there's not a really good way to demo or try foils unless unless you find somebody in the water that lets you try their setup but then you got to dial in mass placement so we're just trying to be it's share and share alike right if somebody returns a, a perfectly good foil and i give them all their money back as long as the next guy's not gonna ding me for giving them a foil that's been ridden once we're good <laughs> yeah no exactly i think on the uh the opposite end of that spectrum though i think you're a very good or it's a good setup uh for sales because um if you, you basically pay for the foil, demo it, and then you pay them back afterward, right? So basically when you're out in the water, you're like, this foil is mine and I don't have to give it back. It's already paid for. And I'm sure yeah. there's a lot of people that just come in and you're like, I'm just going to keep this. <laughs> it's probably, yeah, it's probably a good idea too, because then they go out and they're like, they probably a hooked and then they're like, oh, I'm definitely buying it now. Instead of like, before they tried it, they're like, eh, do I want anything? So yeah, it probably goes both ways. Yeah. I do enjoy that aspect of it. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, how is uh, this the um, Seal Beach Jetty doing with the the oil spill right now? I don't believe the oil got right up to us. I know it got close. Uh, got up to they shut down Bolsa, and there were some like tar balls on the mm. on the beach here and there at Bolsa, um, but it didn't really come into Seal. 
That's good. So we were totally lucky. We were like the only spot that stayed open the whole time. <laughs> yeah, pretty uh, pretty sad uh, uh, incident for sure. But glad you're still over the foil. <laughs> that's right. That's that's all that matters. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of that oil would have helped with some corrosion on the bolts or something like that. <laughs> Silver lining. Yeah, we'll see about that. Um, Which does uh, I I was I was foiling two days ago um out at mondo's and it was like super windy and and then i was i was listening to matt coach today and he's like oh the water was really turbulent and stuff and like dane's talking about going to hawaii and and long beach and stuff and i know the foil racer guys talk about this do you do you think that the water and like salinity temperature you know current all that stuff to how much does that affect foils and would you ever choose like one foil for a certain place or location versus another one i think I think uh, the con continental shelf tidal swings and like macro currents, you know, like if it's, there's a south to north drift, you know, that I think those things are going to play a bigger factor. You know, this uh, river, the Seal Beach Jetty, right? It's a freshwater river coming out from all from all the streets. So I, I, I even wonder um, what happens when the freshwater meets the saltwater. And if that's right. happening where you're, where you're going through, there's obviously a difference there, but um, I, I think that pales in comparison to when we're inside those two jetties and the waves are bouncing off the rocks, yeah. you know, that's, that's really bad. <laughs> or like if you've ever foiled guardrails in Maui, you know, you go to kick out of a wave and if you time it where the, the backwash off the, the rocks is like one way you're going to get almost boosted over the back and you might breach and then if you're not careful the other way, you're going to dig a rail in because it's like sucking you down a little bit. So I think those, the, the, um, swell swells, you know, like, uh, doubling up or canceling each other out. I feel like that has so much more to do with, um, foil performance than just yeah. undercurrent turbulence. Right. Totally. Hmm. It's hard to pump through whitewash though. <laughs> yeah That'll once you a find a, yeah. a foil that can do that i think you're you're pretty golden <laughs> yeah um but kind of moving on towards like the the foil community i think that's something that really um kind of sucked me into foiling but uh it's pretty cool being able to talk to guys in hawaii and florida and um i don't really have a question about this but i think it's just a cool part of uh, foiling <laughs> and um i'm sure you have met or uh kind of interacted with everybody uh, being on the foil shop, which is, which is pretty cool. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, the community is the best. I mean, yeah. the, the fact that let's put it this way. I don't think I would have been able to make it if the, if it weren't for the LAFC, the Los Angeles foil club, and just this sheer amount of guys that are in there chatting and, and texting and having a good time and, you know, meeting up at the beach and, and whatever it's, it's probably the only reason I was able to kind of get off the ground over here. Yeah, compared to uh, compared to like the lineup and uh, like with the normal surfing, it's a it's a whole other world for sure. Like you don't have people like introducing themselves and, and like giving you waves and stuff. Like everyone's just I've not met like a a mean foiler yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they're out there. But I was just telling some guys in the parking lot today. I'm like, you know, I see you so you guys so much. I'm actually shocked that we're not like doing something for thanksgiving like i feel like you know you almost become family with these guys because you see them every day you spend hours of your life you know with them and then we all want to talk about foils so we just stand around and talk about whatever we can think of about foiling 
So yeah, it's pretty. Uh, there's some definitely some uh, nerdy guys in the foil community. You can get sucked into uh, talking about lift or tailwing or whatever the hell <laughs> everyone's talking about, um, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but <laughs> it's um, awesome. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, do you have any like in the the LA foil uh, club chat like uh, basically like theories that uh you find really funny or completely outlandish oh like uh <laughs> lafc like um you know yeah okay oh man i don't know i, I have you seen any well you could jog I, my memory here <laughs> no i just um i just think all the the chats with different foils and um i i'm trying to think there's the downwinding one's definitely the the interesting one to me because we talk about like all the the wave, uh, I don't know, Matt, Matt's um, podcast with James Casey was really interesting because he just talks about wave theory um, the entire time, which is, I don't know, it was pretty mind-blowing, but also very out there. <laughs> in, in, I just imagine that in Matt's brain while he's spoiling is just like a, like a flow of just numbers and mathematical, oh, did I drop out there? No, you're good. Oh, yeah, numbers and mathematical, like equations happening yeah. for him to you know factoring in all the little every little thing that's happening um and i totally that's awesome and he's he's great at it so it's obviously working for him yeah um but yeah i think i think everybody's got their theories i think it's more the opinion right so yeah i talk about the life cycle of a of a foiler and you know we all start off and we see somebody on foil and we're like whoa they can pump like that's so cool and i want to do that and ride ride waves longer and then you get on foil and you're like oh i can connect my first wave that's like step kind of two after you've started started learning then you get to a place where like you were the uh, i was i was setting up my drone and you did like a 11 for one or a 15 for one <laughs> so you're on foil for like seven or eight minutes straight you know yeah and it wasn't even breaking. You were like writing nothing. And, and it's like, you get to this place where you can pump so well that now you're like, okay, pumping's boring. Now I just want to work on turning and I'm just going to surf so hard and I'm, I'm going to hit the whitewash. Right. And then I want to, I want to do these big snaps and, and all this stuff. And then I feel like the, at some point, some guys are just like, yeah, pumping's lame. I just, and then it's, I would rather ride my shortboard, you know, if the waves are decent <laughs> and they may just stop boiling altogether at some point. So, yeah. I think each person in the chat is at a different spot in that stage, right? And whether yeah. they're ready to give up on foiling because they're so good at it and they think it's boring <laughs> or they're just getting into it and they're super enamored by being able to do a two for one. I think enjoying that process and enjoying where you're at and just acknowledging like, hey, this is what brings me joy right now is important as opposed to telling somebody else that what they're doing isn't cool or isn't fun you know right now i'm i'm just worried i'm my my personal goal is i want to do 10 minutes on foil i want to connect like a 20 for one one time oh man and that but, but that's because i feel like i always do that stupid thing like i turn a little too hard or i'll blow my tail out on on a wave not because i'm smashing the the whitewash or anything but just because i'm screwing up yeah and then i fall you know it's like 
that's my personal thing. But some guys are like, that's lame. You know, you should be hitting the whitewash. I'm not, <laughs> not ready for that yet. Yeah, no, that's a great way to put it. Is that it is a very diverse community and you have a lot of different personalities, which is honestly just hilarious reading all the comments. So that's definitely funny. But it definitely also reminded me of the, the foiled again. Um, they did a, a pyramid scheme of foilers. Have you seen yes. that where they, yes. you get into foiling, you buy your first gear, it's terrible. And then you want to move on. So you have to convince your friend to buy your gear and then you upgrade and it just keeps going and going and going. And then like the final thing is you're broke. In that. <laughs> that's that's so, probably why everybody tells uh, the beginners, they got to be on a big old surf wing. Yeah. Cause that's what they did. And they that's spindle. what's laying in their garage and needs to get sold. <laughs> Oh yeah. I have, I literally have one sitting in my garage about like five feet away from me. That's I think a 2100 <laughs> that I that's don't so feel funny. good giving to anybody. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. The diversity is definitely, well, I think, uh, I think, a, a, a good foil shop product would be a, a vocabulary book because I think <laughs> all the, uh, all the differences between winging and down winging and downwinding and which wing you're talking about of foil wing or whatever it's it's uh it's getting out of hand for sure yeah the, the terminology is ridiculous <laughs> yeah it's and whoever uh, it needs to be it needs to be minimized i think <laughs> whoever named the hand wing needs to be fired for sure <laughs> we, is, there needs to be a better name for that there's yeah. uh, there's no reason for it to be called a wing and then yeah. a, the front wing of a foil is also a wing <laughs> yeah and wing dang yeah. or hand wing also just sound really lame so i refuse to call that and then everyone's confused <laughs> yeah somebody just, uh, yeah I, I don't know what what should, let's do we need to come up with that right now and, <laughs> and solve the world's problem yeah that would that would solve a lot <laughs> the the sale let's call it a sale there that, yeah. that works done no <laughs> the blow up sale yeah whatever yeah. <laughs> something to there, there's got to be a better name we'll uh we'll uh, circle back on that <laughs> and go brainstorm for a little bit yeah cool yeah um cool yeah well this is this has been awesome i think we're kind of out of time here but um that was that was fun to talk and that was a quick 40 minutes so <laughs> oh that's great i was yeah. just plugging my phone in because i thought it was gonna die so oh, <laughs> saved by the bell yeah yeah no all good uh we'll let you get back to this shop um yeah so seal beach foil shop you guys uh check it out whoever's listening because pretty cool place yeah. yeah come on down hang out we're right next to the liquor store so you grab a beer <laughs> we'll kick it. and you're yeah, closed and from like, uh 11 to 1 right you got to get your foiling in yeah, I, I might have to change that because today <laughs> the waves were good at like eight and I was supposed to be open. So I just hung a sign on the door and hope my Apple Watch gets reception so I can come back and somebody calls. Yeah. You got to have a, a tide and tide chart and swell forecast for your hours <laughs> on the front door. I know my, my, my buddy tells me I need to get a sprinter van and just have like a mobile shop down at the parking lot there. Just yeah. be ready at all we're, times. There you go. Quinn and I are talking about getting a sprinter van for different reasons, but then you can always be selling stuff, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Or, or just always have gear. Yeah. That's the fun part. Yeah. Yeah. Demos um, and extra stuff. Cool. Yeah. And do you have a the website launched yet or is that coming soon where people can check it, you out or. It is coming soon. And I'm actually looking for somebody to kind of help run the e-commerce side of our company. So that's something that uh, somebody wants to do um they can, <laughs> they can contact me and, and and we can go i mean i could do it but then i wouldn't be able to have fun uh 
being out in front and right. you know telling people yeah. about foils all day <laughs> <laughs> yeah you never cool. never tire of that never cool all right thanks josh that was awesome Come on, guys have a good one yeah uh, you too See you guys bye-bye thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.